I just want to say, you did a very good job. So good job. It's that thing where you're actually kind of smart. Things you say make you sound dumb. Yeah, we both do that. What's that called? Nope. <laughs> yeah, but you're a little different, Dad. Stop saying sir! Oh, it drives me crazy! Are you seeing clear? Are you seeing clear? I think most people just ignore the tough questions. This isn't Minecraft. This is real life. You are hilarious. <laughs> that was not the dog, Dad. That was you. <laughs> yeah, to solve this, we have to completely ignore the main problem. <laughs> that makes literally no sense to me. I just want to die. And that, my friend, is one of my favorite things about you. Hey, welcome to Renaissance Radio. Jeremy here, uh, and only Jeremy here. No guests right now, just uh, your boy, old Jer Bear, chilling out Sunday night, the Monday before probably this releases. So I've got a backlog of episodes that are really cool and guests that are really awesome. But I... Uh, had a crazy week this week. I had so many breakthroughs and so many, um, you know, things. I'm going to check my levels while I talk here because that's part of this conversation. Um, you'll notice the mic's in a different position if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, if you haven't looked on YouTube at all, I did load a bunch of those episodes up. I realize there's some issues. We'll talk about that, some technical issues here and there on YouTube. It's kind of nice because even if there's a cutout on the audio or maybe someone's too far from the mic, you can kind of see and hear what they're saying. So that's pretty cool. But Wow, what a week. What a week. What a world we live in right now. There's so many crazy things happening. We've got, um, you know, we had elections all over the place. There's things happening all over the world. And it was just a really good week for me, I felt, to, um, it kind of took some pressure off, to be honest with you. I just noticed that the world around us was just spinning and circling and in all sorts of turmoil. There's also some successes. And I was just like, man, my troubles are not that big a deal. I, I it, it was really, really helpful this week. So in this episode, I wanted to talk about um, some of my progress. I just wanted to update you guys on where we're at. I think that um, I had a really great set of breakthroughs this week. I kind of called out for help. I um, shared my frustrations with some of the people that are peers of mine that in some ways are also kind of mentors of mine, people that have subject matter um, expertise that I don't have, and just kind of built on what I know to be true uh, and let them put, uh, not let them, but graciously asked for them to put their, um, you know, some spe- specificity, some clarity around those things. Because, you know, sometimes you're like, you go to the doctor and you have a really good handle, like, my leg hurts and it hurts right here and it hurts when I do this. It's probably something related to the muscle and da 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 da. But you're kind of like, you, you don't have the context of the knowledge of the information, what you're talking about. So when you get to the doctor, They'll confirm parts of what you're saying, but they'll have some vital things to help out. Also, I'm going hard on apples right now. I'm eating an apple and drinking apple cider. So, uh, you know, shout out sponsor posts from Big Apple Corporations. Um, thanks for this free stuff as an influencer. Appreciate that. Mm. My business is so successful because I drink this apple cider. Thanks, Big Apple. Um, anyway, uh, check out the affiliate link and uh, buy app. No, we don't have any of that, but, you know. That's part of what I wanted to talk to you about today. Part of what I want to talk about is like trying to stay out of the things I despise in this space. I don't despise any people. You know what I mean? There's television shows that like you watch and you go, I hate every second of this. Some people watch um, rom-coms and they're just like, kill the world. You know, the whole population needs to be like, they turn into Thanos because they have no hope in humanity because they see these uh, rom-coms and like these are horrible but some people like genuinely enjoy them that's great some people watch documentaries and other people are just like same thing I'm Thanos get you know half the population should go and 
for me, when I say that, that's why, I, that's why I'm saying I'm not putting anybody down when I say it. But for me, the guru thing drives me insane. I have to sort through so many gurus on YouTube to learn. And they're all like smiling the same way. And they're like weird cult leader looking dudes. And like good for them. And ladies, uh, it's equal opportunity, you know, weirdness in that space. And I just hate it. And I don't want to be that. But then like I listen back to some of my episodes and I kind of have that tone sometimes. And so I was wrestling with that. And I'm just like, this is not their fault. Part of what happens through any level of self-promotion is this self-qualification. And I'm just like, I hate that. I hate that part of it. How do I get rid of it? And uh, so I had some really great discussions this week with some people, and I'll share some of those discussions, and, and I'll definitely specifically shout them out for their contributions. But um, before I do that, I was just going to tell you, like, uh, what's going on in my life right now? Um, I have uh, uh, increased responsibilities at the beginning of this year, and uh, praise the Lord. Thank you so much to my day job. Um, I'm in a director role now uh, for a department, and... Um, we were, I work for a pretty, pretty large small business, you know, in terms of, you know, government classification, it'd be a small business, but, uh, big, 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 big numbers. And so for them to trust, uh, myself and Harley and some others to lead the way on these departments is really cool. I've had a neat opportunity there to practice some of the things that I really enjoy, like, um, some of the forecasting and some of the clarity work around everybody's responsibilities. There's been some staff changes, um, you know, uh, necessary adjustments and, positive, uh, you know, adding to the team. And we've really enjoyed those interviews. Also, I really enjoyed uh, resourcing those employees. That's something that's been missing at my previous jobs. I've, the jobs I was in had a very like stay in your lane, stay in your role. And um, although I'm very grateful to those opportunities, it's so myopic and short-sighted because, you know, if you're obviously, if you're not performing in your primary role, then there's a gap in the business. But if you are and have other things to add, uh, why would you reduce somebody so that's not a dig at anybody. That's the default of how the world's set up. But this has been a crazy opportunity to do it the right way, which is, hey, as long as you're hitting your goals, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do, have at it. Be great. Do other things that support it. So now I'm actually accountable in my day job for auditing whether something that's helpful is, is either you know, important or urgent or unimportant. You know, Is it a vanity project that will just make me feel good about the work I'm doing, but not actually contribute. Those are things I'm actually accountable for now. You're not really accountable for that if your job is to just do this one thing. And so the, the accountability is don't do anything that isn't, you know, your lever that you pull. And so, yeah, so that's been really exciting. And so there's been a lot of parallels with Renaissance, but one of the limitations has been that I have, I have committed my primary, and rightfully so, my primary... Um, you know, focus. So throughout the week, I'm not really doing any Renaissance work right now. I'm completely focused on creating wikis and support and training for our new team and strategically planning on how to uh, grow and helping customers figure out their thing. And there's, there's elements of the job that I do that are um, really cool because they're very challenging intellectually to figure out solutions at times. And then other times it's like complicated, but we need to simplify. I just really love it. And it's really great. Maybe I'll have a chance to talk about it more uh, but I'm just grateful that I'm in that role, and that's been really helpful. Um, so, so that's been cool, though. So in a sense, Renaissance is being built through that on-the-job training, through things that I already knew I could do, but now I get to prove it. And then on top of that, things that I thought I could do that I get to prove that I can do to myself, and then things I didn't even know I could do that now I'm actually doing. And I'm like, wow, that, I can't believe that's accessible to me. I can do that. And so I've been able to just be a deep learner uh, with a path to actually practice and execute those learning 
curves, um, which is rare. You know, it's just rare to not only have permission to do that, but resources to do it, and also an actual, um, you know, outcome-based means to pull it off. So super awesome. That's been really fun. Uh, so as far as updates go with Renaissance, I just want to start by saying um, I'm in a critical thinking stage of this business, which means when I listen to other podcasts right now, I'm listening for primarily what I don't like, which is a very bizarre thing to do because I have friends that I listen to um, that are very talented, that are very good. But what I'm doing is I'm trying to find hurdles critically that will allow me to get to where I need to be faster. And so I just wanted to take a moment to step out of that and just say, Thank you so much for all of your support. Just today, my pastor uh, has a Cyptionary is their podcast, and and Quentin is a is a friend. We hang out. Hunter's a friend, and uh, you know, he asked me just on the fly. I had a hundred pe- hundred twenty people at the church. Could talk to anybody. Just popped by and said, "Hey, man, how's the podcast coming?" It was just like really sweet of him to ask and check in. Um, some of the comments um, that have come in are not only I'm not only so grateful for them but they're challenging because I'm reading these things and, and I'll talk about the messaging and clarity in a minute. I'm reading these things and I'm saying, I'm not that what you're, you know, people who know me are describing me as this thing and it's so touching and incredible and it is true when I'm with them and I appreciate them pointing that out, but it hasn't been true on the podcast yet. And so it's been challenging to say, this is how people see me and I go, I really need to execute on that level. And so there's technique things, there's, there's things that I'll mention in a minute, but uh, I just want to say thank you so much for the support, and I just want to acknowledge that this is not a guru thing, and I think I turned a corner on what I was missing and what I was accidentally doing, but um, let me just shoot straight with you here. Um, I have had successes that are very cool. If you're an artist and you look at my career, you would go, wow, that's really neat. If you're in business and an entrepreneur, I've done things that are really, really cool, but I'm 36 years old and I've had a chance to pick up those stories along the way and keep them in my resume. There's also been a lot of time in between where I've struggled and I've tried to understand and like I fought for promotions I didn't even want at companies I didn't even, I knew I didn't have a future uh, in a job that I knew I was capable of so much more and I fought for those things and I was in the same boat. And so I think, I think it's just, yeah, I'll get into that. I know I keep saying that. I'm just trying to stay on task on this one. And I just want to say, like, I don't have any Renaissance clients yet. I could go out and just grind and sell and sell, but I'm still trying to figure out what this thing is. And I think today, this episode, I've really turned a corner this week, thanks to my friends and thanks to a lot of um, introspection and pulling from outside resources. I just got permission from them to do what I do normally, you know? And the irony is, like, when you heard in the Amy and Jeff episode, they were so gracious with me in giving credit for what I did. Obviously, I helped them, but they were already going to be great, you know. And to the degree, you know, they'd argue that 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 was important. But my point is, I partnered with someone amazing and got to be part of their story. And all of my resume stuff is that. I got to partner with somebody amazing, and that's the future of Renaissance. The future of Renaissance is partnering with amazing people and being a part of their success story, but not taking credit for the whole thing. And so that's the danger. So that's the guru piece I want to remove from you here. Um, I have been clever up until this point, and I have applied wisdom that, uh, you know, God, my life, 
um, I don't want to rush that, but like wisdom that God has given me, wisdom that I've gotten from experience and mistakes I've made, wisdom from people speaking into my life. I've, I've applied that wisdom in this process, and I've applied uh, wit and cleverness and creativity in this process, but don't get it twisted. This is, I'm in my house right now. This was my room six months ago. My wife and I were sleeping in here in a hundred-year-old brass bed, which is, we're real kitschy like that. So this is being built in front of you, and I don't know what it's going to be, and I don't have any promises that it's going to be amazing. So this next segment of this episode is going to be me kind of working out the summary of what Andrew Pirtle and I talked about, what Harley and I talked about, and what Corey and I talked about that helped me turn a corner, and then we'll kind of go into that a little bit deeper later. So excuse the indulgence, but you know, here we are. This is, you know, what else am I going to talk about, right? So um, as far as Renaissance Radio goes, um, here's some challenges I've run into. There's been expected difficulties, but expected difficulties still are crummy and discouraging. And so I think that's something that's really hard to remember is that just because you knew something was coming doesn't mean it can't like almost break you. You know, like I knew that the technique would be hard. I honestly thought that all of my experience that I've had over the years, public speaking, selling, um, hosting events and those sort of things would translate a little better to my ability to host. And although I've, people have been very kind to me about how the show has gone, it's been way harder than I expected. And I haven't been as natural at it as I had hoped. So that was, that's been kind of surprising. So I'll give you an example. Um, interrupting folks. It's, it drives me insane when people interrupt folks. I've gotten some feedback, reasonable feedback, that I interrupt people. And I do. My, what you can't see on the radio that you can see on YouTube is I have this technique I do that's not translating, and I, so I need to remove it, which is I ask a question, and then I give an example or some context to that question while they're thinking about what their answer is going to be. But here's what it sounds like. And this is, I mean, this isn't what it sounds like. This is what it is. I ask question, I answer question, and then hopefully they can fit it in. So that's not good listening. That's not good technique. So I've, I have to figure out how to prepare them better for the question. But here's what also stinks. I ask the question, and because I ask questions that, kind of make people backpedal or make them a little uneasy or they're weird questions, right? We sit and stare at each other for 40 seconds. And you can't do that on the radio, right? So that's been the difficulty is like, how do I give them space and be gracious on video? You would notice them struggling and I would say, well, let me give you an example. I'll go first is the phrase I use. But on the radio, it's like, shut up, dude. Let them talk, you know? And those are just techniques that any seasoned host would recognize and I didn't recognize till episode nine or 10, or 11, or whatever we are on now. So that's one thing. Um, the other thing is, like, I can't really scale yet, so I could jump right in and help a business grow and consistently have done that over time, usually around 100%, six months to a year. Um, it's, it's that drastic, lots of experiences with that, but I can't take it on right now. So here I am building and promoting something that I can't actually fulfill yet. So scalability is a huge deal. If you're not in business now, scalability is the idea that as something grows, it doesn't break. Everything proportionally moves with it. So, um, you know, you have to be able to, if you, if you make your business 10 times bigger, you have to be able to handle 10 times the load, the workload. And the reality is that that workload can either decrease or compound. So, for example, if I'm ordering 10,000 pencils and last time I ordered 1,000, one, uh, like one of 100 things can happen. Right? Well, not one, but several things happen. One of the things that'll happen is your brain goes, well, of course it'll be cheaper, right? Like each unit will be cheaper. That's a normal thing that happens at quantity and scale. 
But also what might happen is that manufacturer may not be able to handle that load. So now all of a sudden, maybe it's not cheaper because they have to buy new machinery and it's also going to take four months longer than usual. So that process in that case didn't scale. Here's the other problem. What happens if at a small number, one in 50 pencils get recalled or get it returned, and that's normal, but at 10,000, you go ahead and do that math. Instead of one at 50, it's however many at however many, and now you need to have a support structure. So you go from you know Carrie, who answers the phones and also does the scheduling and your personal assistant stuff, she's, she's now like, oh my gosh, Like now you need a call center. So how much does that cost? So that's the scalability issue. So I'm at that point right now, I'm used to working with businesses at a larger scale with that, and I'm at that now in a very small scale. So what I'm going to do to help prepare my guests, um, I'm opening up a department in the Renaissance Agency. It's going to be my first hire. It's called Guest Services. <laughs> it's pretty funny. And I'm going to be um, asking more questions up front, forms, um, allowing them to prepare and get an idea and ask questions. And I'm going to have a personal assistant who's going to handle that throughout the week. Um, she's also going to schedule, I can't wait to have you meet her, uh, but she's also going to schedule um, the guests, the time, the location, and set up some of those production um, details. So that's going to be really helpful, and that'll scale it. Um, and then uh, just building infrastructure in general. Like I've had to figure out where these files go and all those things that I talked about in episode five. And I think I've got a really good handle on that now. So I'm going to move on from there. Also, I have a 128 gig card sitting in here now. It's 25 bucks. It's so crazy. My wife's uh, key fob on her Honda um, broke. So annoying, right? So she's got this Honda Odyssey and now she's using the key and it's really, it's freezing outside and the locks are frozen, all this stuff. And everybody always says like, oh, the key fobs are so expensive. Key fobs are so expensive. This is like a metaphor for every business conversation I have. People go, well, you can't because the key fobs are expensive. Well, like months later, and I'm not making fun of her. She's amazing. But months later, as I often we'll do, we'll believe that. And months later, she finds out it was like 20 bucks. So she gets a new key fob. It's like $20. So there's so many things like that. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go down that road right now. We'll go down in a minute. But there's so many things like that that we hold us up. And we, we just have no clue if it's real or not. Um, so I'm going to be doing guest services. Uh, I'm also going to have her help with agency intake. So um, a lot of the collaborations that I want to do take um, some administrative and logistic support that I just can't provide. So I'm going to create the system, uh, the culling process, and like kind of the intake process of determining whether they're at the quality that we need, and then also determining what sort of partnerships would um, add extra value. So they're going to she's she's going to basically just have those intake forms, and then also share some things online. Because if you go on my YouTube channel right now, all the descriptions of the videos say, it's just me right now, so this is a video of the episode, and that's the only context you get. All the episodes say that, so it's pretty funny. All right, I'm going to take a sip of this while I read this for a second. All right, that was fun. Thanks, uh, Apple Cider Business dot uh, edu. All right, so the other thing that I was struggling with was my microphone technique. I don't think I've got it now. You guys still might be dealing with some annoying stuff, but I've got really good XLR cables that are shielded that aren't making a bunch of noise, but... I noticed that my plosives were still kind of bad. Uh, Andrew helped me get the mic above, and we'll see how that goes. I might still be kind of popping into it. We might have to put a cover over it. Um, also, like the general mixing, this was a really cool uncover that we can go into deeper later. And this might be a good thing to think about in your businesses and your projects is it occurred to me while he was describing to me what the mixing process is. So, for example, the very short answer is these, these um, sliders that are here are basically... Each, if you think of a meal, each microphone is an ingredient and you're kind of mixing the proportions. Okay, how, how much volume should, in the headphones, you're mixing in relation to one another. Well, it doesn't actually inform the recording though. That's the level or the gain. 
And then there's a knob for individual volume for each headphone. So basically what I realized was I like this like fuller voice stuff, but I don't necessarily know if I like to listen to it. So we're going to do some A-B testing there to see if you guys like the um, what sounds you guys like better. And I'd love to hear back from you. If you like the fuller sound or if you find it to be too daunting, um, we'll figure that out. But we realized that what was happening with me and with the guests is the volume in the headphones. Number one, all of the bad audio that you guys have heard. Every channel, the only it's microphone three every time on the episodes you struggle or you see something missing because I didn't have monitor headphones for everybody. Just a cost thing. I just didn't buy them. And so I realized people without headphones had bad technique, not their fault, totally my fault. I also realized what I was getting at a minute ago was that the, the um, volume in the headphones informs the tone of the show. One of the frustrations I had was like, I'm, I like being a funny guy. Like I like laughing and telling funny stories and stuff. And I was just like, the tone of the show, episode one was way more fun. And we've, I've had fun with the guests. This isn't a, an indictment of any of the guests. But my point is, everything's being a little bit more NPR solemn kind of thing. And, and it's been a little bit more, uh, I don't know, it's still good. But it's just like it, it, the tone. I've had trouble letting loose a little bit. And I realized that part of that is because of the volume in my headphones. I like things a little bit louder. So when I'm talking like I'm talking now at a lower tone, at a lower, uh, yeah, I'm talking with a bit lower energy than I normally do. Um, it's because my headphones are louder and my guests are going to turn their headphones way down. They're like, oh, that's too loud. Here's the problem then. Like, if they're too loud, it's going to push them down. If it's too quiet, it's going to push them up. And so getting the volume right, not only for what they're comfortable with, but what informs their behavior around talking normally is something that we had to figure out. So we created a whole system of talking to them ahead of time without their monitors on, getting the levels to a certain place, and then getting them to talk in with their monitor on in a way that doesn't change. So I know that was kind of boring probably, but really cool system around getting the audio a lot more level. The reason I shared it is not to be techie and nerdy, but I was sharing it because um, it was crazy to me to realize that the volume of the headphones completely changes the tone of the, of the podcast. That is insane to me. And that was just a really cool breakthrough. Um, so he talked about things like positioning and the settings and the noise gates. So we get rid of those echoes and things. So that was really helpful. And I really appreciated that. Um, the last thing was the clarity and the voice of the show. The show's all over the place. I knew that it would be every podcaster kind of knows that it will be. It's very hard to pick a topic and cover that for ever. You know, there's a limited number of, of things to talk about on a limited topic. And so what people do is they choose themes. Well, it's hard. It's hard to understand your theme and what you're doing. And so I was talking to Corey the other day, and I'm really excited to have him on the show. He's, um, he's, a, he's a friend, uh, really a kindred spirit kind of guy. Like, we're so similar. We struggle in a lot of the same ways. We succeed in a lot of the same ways. Uh, we're misunderstood in the same ways. It's, it's really cool. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's just better than I am at everything, but he's a really awesome guy. So... Um, he's a consultant at, um, you know, one of the largest online retailer. And, um, uh, <laughs> you know, if you looked at him in a phone book, they'd be first probably in that space. You know who I'm talking about, but I don't want to say it. But uh, he's there and is really, really incredible. And we're going to work that out more in detail. But one of the things that came out is he really helped me. Um, you know, it's funny, my slogan for all my clarity work was helping you say what I was trying to say, the, what you were trying to say the whole time. And, and he really helped me with that, which is funny. It's hard to give yourself therapy. 
And um, one of the things that uh, that came out of that, among many, was that that first of all, that fear of that guru syndrome and identifying what that is. And I think the guru syndrome is trying to speak authoritatively on hypothetical situations. I think that's what it is. You know, I would sit and listen to photographer teachers talk and they were selling their DVD courses and all that stuff. And they're just like, hey, every random person in this room with random scenarios and random skills and random abilities and random whatever, if you do this thing, this will happen. It's like, you are lying. You know, like you do not know if this behavior is going to inform this outcome. You don't know that or, or create and create the outcome. And so the guru syndrome, I think, is when I'm talking and I'm saying, you know, there's principles that are true for everybody generally or specifically. But when I'm saying if you do this, that's what feels uncomfortable. So if I've done that in pre- previous episodes, that's, I think, the part that I want to start removing. What I love to do, what I love, love, love to do, and you will catch me with no cameras on, no microphone on. I'll just do this with a waiter at a restaurant is when somebody really wants something and they're stuck and they've kind of paused it. Like the computer's not shut down in their head, but it's on the screensaver and they don't know how long. When somebody gets to a place where they, they know clearly what they want to do or even they don't know clearly, but they've got this feeling that they can't shake and they're like, hey, I really want to do that. I just get so energized by that. And I think that like that's what I want to do. That's what I want the show to be. So I don't want to be a guru. I don't want to be a Dr. Phil where you come in and you get it fixed. I want to be a partner. I want to be somebody that artists, craftsmen, techies, and thinkers, and then other clients come in and say, like, I just want to do this, and I'm stuck. So, you know, I just threw out, like, 10 examples today, you know, over the last two days with different people where I was just let loose on it, where, uh, and Corey goes, yes, that's what I'm talking about. That's what's interesting. And that correlated with the best comments on the show that people were kindest was just like, Jeremy helps me in this way. So I think that's that's really what I want the show to be is number one, I want Renaissance Agency to be all about unconventional, you know, what Corey said was disruptive curiosity, strategic curiosity, and unconventional collaboration. I think that's why I named it Renaissance Agency was like, what is this mathematician painter doing? This inventor philosopher doing? You know, what's the deal here? And I think we can win. I think we can, I think people like that coordinated correctly can beat the established industrialized system of thought that's going on right now. I think we can go in there with the intention of just blowing the whole thing up and beat people who already had a plan before they met the client. Like crush them. I mean, crush them. Like we, we, <laughs> see see how excited I'm getting like this is what I'm talking about man like we came in there with Cocosing River Outfitters they were nobody they were somebody they were amazing but I'm saying on the scale of who they were in the in the place that they were they, there was big giant places and they are dominating that space right now they literally are struggling with the idea of whether or not they're going to grow too fast and during a pandemic they're they're completely booked like a year out with 50 people waiting. You know, there's bigger companies I work with, things like that. And I don't even get into that. My point is the past in the future, I want to sit down with people who actually want to do something like for real. Do you, do you know the number of conversations I get in where somebody just throws out that and they tease me with it? This is over my lifetime, been hundreds of times. You know what I really want to do? It's not, this not, I'm not doing a gender voice. Okay. I'm just saying 
Like this is the the valley feeling that I get, right? You know what I really want to do? I just have always wanted to do this. And I go, and I look right at them and I go, well, why haven't you done it? And they go, well, I just haven't like, you know, it's, it's too hard. What's hard about it? Uh, it's just a lot to learn. Do you know where to find the information? Yeah, it's over there. Do you have trouble learning? If you've changed the format, would that help you? And I'm just like grilling them because I'm just like, hey, you're closer than you think. Let's do this thing. Let's get it done. And they're just like, yeah, it's just hard. And I go, oh, I'm so bummed because I'm like, you didn't actually want that. You lied to me. <laughs> you know, you lied to me. And so, you know, I think that's what I want. And I want that on the show is I want everybody to know that, like, I don't have any answers. None. I have no answers. And I love that. If you've talked to me, I'm going to have guests on the show. I'm going to ask them, the people that have eaten with me. I never like to order food. I want to know what the chef is most excited about on or off the menu. And I don't care what it costs. I mean, to some degree, I'm limited. But what I'm saying is, like, I just want whatever thing you were experimenting with. When I called Corey, Corey is this, like, very accomplished artist. He's an incredibly accomplished uh, corporate person, also freelance person. He consults. He could help you with your kids, your family. He has faults. We talk about those faults, but those faults aren't for you to know. Those faults are for his friends to know and his family to know right now. But he has so many gifts. And like when I called him, I didn't say, hey, I can use you for the show. I went like this. I want this to be a platform for you to try something that you just really have wanted to do and haven't had a space to put it. Like that's what I want. I want people to do this. And so I think that that thinking of you can tell me you can't do it, but you better win the argument. You better prove it to me. You better prove to me. Like, I think Danny and I talked about this, people who discourage you. That's actually kind of easy, right? Like somebody comes up to me and they say, you're stupid. And I go, no, you're stupid. And I walk away. That's done. That's easy. What's really hard when you're, is when you're trying to sell somebody back their own vision. You know, like somebody comes to you and goes, you know, I, I've worked for companies who've had a path to success in the thing they want to do and they don't want to hear it. It's crazy. It's insane. And so like that's to me, that to me is infuriating and fires me up. I get so mad. But that madness is madness. It's not anger. It turns into like you just told me you wanted to fix this. And so I think that's the key. I think the key is that I attract people who aren't coming to me like a couch at a psychologist to fix their problems. It's somebody who goes, I've done most of it, but I'm, in it. I'm jammed up on some of it. How can I help? And this is the thing I told Corey the other day. It's really hard when you are a driven person who's going to do it. When I said I was going to do this podcast, anybody who knows me knows that the podcast is basically done. It's going to happen. However, I've also quit a lot of things. And reconciling that, that ability to quit as a superpower mixed with not being a quitter is really, really hard. And I think the best description I have so far is what I want to do with people is, and I told my kids this the other day, I want you to quit all kinds of things. We have a limited life. There's all sorts of things that will harm you. I want you to be good at quitting. I'm not the first to say this stream of thought, but I'm going to give it to you the way that I think about it. So I want you to be good at quitting, but here's what I don't want. I don't want you to ever give up because you don't know because you're not sure, because it's unclear. I want you to pursue it, understand it, get it, know what it's going to take, and then say, I don't want it. That's what I want, right? I want, if, if Claire wants to be a nurse, now, right now, I want to attack what being a nurse is. And I want her to fully understand the level of commitment, the hard work it's going to take, the schedule, the, the, 
the emotional drain, the financial drain, the rewards, the excitement, the fulfillment. I want her to understand all of that by the time she's 14. And then I want her to look at it and go, that looks horrible. I would never do that. Or she goes, I can't stop thinking about it. I've got to do it. And I want to be a missionary nurse and I want to do whatever. But this thing where we think about it for like 15 years, 30 years, people die thinking about it of old age. That's what I don't want. And that's what drives me crazy. If you've ever worked with me and I've like stormed off like mad and you're like, why is he so mad like a child? It's because you told me you wanted to do this thing and we keep talking about it and you don't actually want to do it. And so that's what I want. If you're sitting there listening right now, I don't care if I get any listeners. I kind of don't. You guys know me. You know I do not want to be famous. I do not want to be famous. Please don't make me famous. I do not want to be famous. Please. I'm serious. But what I do want to do is have a platform to work these things out. And I want people, if you're sitting here listening, there's two groups. You're an artist. You're a thinker. You're a techie. And you're a craftsman. That's Renaissance Agency. Those are my people. That's group one. If you're like, I've got this thing and I don't know what it is and all I can think about is making a sticker out of it, but I don't know what else to do and I think I can do something great. I'm talking about if you bake and you want to make a cake and deliver it to every teacher to say thank you in the state, I want to work with you to get that done. Or at the end of it, you go, I don't want to do it, but we know how. We know how we would have done it. You know what I mean? Like I'm cool with that. I'm cool with getting to the end and going, ain't worth it or it was a bad idea or whatever but we need to get to the end of it. It can't sit around for 10 years or whatever. So if you're one of those people, I want you to call me. I want you to email me. My assistant will get a hold of you and send you the checklist and we're going to talk it out. If you're a cus- if you're a client of mine, a future client of mine, let me tell you who you are. You're a retailer, you're a service, you're an insurance company, you're a whatever and you're just having trouble connecting and you're like, "I got this kind of thing. I got this idea. I'm feeling pressure to be boring and just do things the way that everybody else is doing it, but I feel like it's an arena it's hard to win in." Like, that's when you call. Not, hey, I just want to make more money. Like, we can come up with ways to make more money. But the digging of the conversation is going to be, what are you excited about? Why did you start this business? What do you actually care about? What knocked you off track? What successful thing took away what you actually wanted to do? Those are the conversations I want to have. And so I'm just so excited about that clarity. I just want to say thank you to, you know, my wife, um, to Harley, to Corey, to Andrew, and I just wanted to say um, what I started talking about at the beginning of this, this segment was it's really weird when people help you. If There's a dynamic that happened previously in my, in my consulting career where I felt like I had to be braggadocious about what I did and take credit for the successes to move on to the next. And it did help me sell the next client. But the feedback I got later on, like when it came to the Lord, when, when I was humbled, um, the feedback I got later on was, hey, I fairly consistently in different words, like I didn't really enjoy it, but I was grateful for it and we needed it. Now that wasn't from every client, but this is from some important ones, important people in my life. And so I think what needs to happen now, this time around is this. And I think this is the summary as I see it. This was really a helpful breakthrough for me this morning was if you are going to be a successful person and by successful, I just mean a person of character who sticks with it and is going to work through it and work ethic. I don't mean successful in terms of fame and money and whatever, but if you're going to grind it out and figure it out, um, there is a timeline retroactively. You'll be able to look back and go, this is the timeline of how things went. There are going to be incremental like moments, slots of time where you are stuck and you need help. The hard part is if I help you in that first slot, 
the wrong thinking is Jeremy made me successful. That's wrong for me to think. It's wrong for you to think. The right thinking is those are times in your business where you need to move forward or your mission or your, your uh, organization or whatever, and you're stuck. And what I think is really cool is to be the kind of person who can consistently deliver on those moments to get you moving in the same way that the pit crew is not taking credit for the race car driver because the race car driver would have had a pit crew anyway, but it shouldn't be let, it shouldn't be a small thing that that pit crew did an amazing job. So in other words, I can jump in and help you. Corey, Andrew, Harley, my wife, anybody can jump in and help you, but it's good to be the kind of person who can do that. And I think that's what I'm going to be proud of is like, Hey, when someone asks, like, what happened with Kokosing? What happened with RevLocal? What happened with these other clients? I'm going to go, there was a moment in time where I was helpful. They would have been successful without me. But I was so glad to be a part of that. And I think that's the formula. The formula is recognizing that this is not a moment that you power through on your own, which is what I did this week. I went out to these people that knew me really well and said, hey, I'm stuck. I don't feel like I'm doing the work that I should be doing. And what you need in those moments is not somebody that goes, oh, no, you're doing great. Although I do need that. I do need the occasional, like I need groups of people that are just positive in my life. That's really helpful. I do need that. So if you're that person, don't feel bad. I appreciate you. But I also need those few people at a high level of skill, a high level of empathy, and a high level of understanding of, of what I'm going through and myself to be able to come in and say, I think I'm seeing this. This doesn't feel genuine to you. This feels faked. This feels soft. And man, it's just like the scales fell off this week. And I'm so excited, man. I'm so excited. So there's going to be some episodes where I release uh, things that I hadn't realized this yet. And so you'll recognize those things. But as we get moving forward, I'm so excited to work these things out on air, not as a guru, but as somebody who's trustworthy to step into those slots. And then I will bring other people in who are other experts. And as I work with them, I'll have access to them to work with you with what you're working on. And I am so excited. I love having this stuff for posterity. It's funny when I think of this podcast, I'm honestly thinking of it as a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. It's going to be cool to see where we are. And it's going to be cool to see that we kind of called our shot. And it's going to be cool to see um, the struggles because they are struggles. And like I said, at the beginning of the show, they're expected and they still hurt. It still stinks. It's embarrassing to make mistakes publicly. It stinks. It's the worst. It's bad to sound bad. It's bad to interrupt people. It's bad to ramble. It's bad, you know, all those things. But I can't correct those things until I identify those things. And I can't identify them until I demonstrate them. And so that's what I'm doing for you guys. Uh, zero clients, zero staff, and still referring to us as we, because I know that that's where we're heading. So um, if any of that resonated with you, two groups, um, our, our, our uh, Renaissance folks, here's how the formula works. If you're an artist, craftsman, tinker, thinker, uh, a techie or thinker, and you say, I have this skill, but I don't know how to monetize it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to meet with you and I'm going to help you find the, the sweet spot of the work you want to do at the sweet spot of the price that you want to do. And I'm going to connect you with collaborators to add value to the marketplace. And then we're going to sell that and I'm going to help coordinate it. And so I'm going to find my profit at the top end of what you charge. So if you come in and we decide you're worth this much, I'm going to find a way to add value above that through collaboration, and that's where my pay is going to come in so that you do well. I think that's going to be really, really awesome, and I think you guys are going to start seeing some of these projects come through, some of these events, parties, gatherings, things like that, and uh, I know everybody's going to be want to be a part of them. So the three groups I need from you guys, this is three, I'm adding a third. First is our 
Renaissance folks. I'm going to help make a market for you. Second is our clients. We're going to use our Renaissance folks to make disruptive space for you in the marketplace. And the third is just straight up consumers. I just need people who are interested and excited. For example, I'm going to be releasing a prototype line of products to be help it, helpful. Uh, I need you to buy those prototype items specifically to fund the administrative staff. And they're going to be, I hope they're good enough to earn your business. And I need consumers to buy the products so that we can keep this train rolling. But I expect that the products have to be something you want and that you enjoy and that you look forward to. So this ecosystem is starting with a guy uh, in an empty room at a card table. And we're going to build this kind of cyclonic ecosystem through consumers, commercial clients, and Renaissance folks without doing it at the expense of Excuse me, my family, my work, your work, your family, your time, and your finances. Wow. What on earth? I don't even remember what I said. I just know that I raised my voice a few times, so I'm kind of excited. I'm going to cut it, man. 40 minutes. Let's go. So, uh, again, getting rid of the guru thing. I'm going to stop trying to focus on hypotheticals. I'm going to try to be more specific with my guests on their actual issue that we're working through together. We're going to prepare ahead of time. We're going to work on technique in production, and um, we're going to add staff to help scale it so that you guys will see a more consistent presence online as well as a recruiting of better, um, you know, a continuation of talent that we bring in. So that's calling a shot. If nobody listens to this ever, uh, it's at least a, a diary record of what's happening. So, uh, man, I'm so grateful. I'm so full right now. I've got a three-day trip that I got to take, um, that I get to take uh, for work, and, uh, and there's been a lot of preparation that's gone into that. And, um, I'm just, I'm very tired, uh, but I'm the good kind of tired cause I'm getting to bed at night. I'm laying next to my wife. I'm, uh, getting up in the morning with my kids, you know, went to church this morning and, um, can't wait, can't wait to camp and things like that in the spring, but, um, life is good. It's just full, you know, it's just full. So appreciate y'all. Uh, I'd like some reach out for this. I'd like some comments, some emails. Um, I'm going to put the, the links profile in this description well, my ask of you of that third group, second group, first group, I'd like you to reach out with some sort of comment to me privately. Any comment. That's my ask at the end of the show. Any comment. doesn't have to be public. doesn't have to be a like, subscriber, any of that stuff. But I want you to send me something and say, hey, I heard this request and, and hi, or more helpful would be, I heard this request and this part resonated with me. I'd like to try this. I'm thinking about this or good job on this or you could use some work on this. I just want some sort of feedback uh, that would help me. So appreciate y'all, and I'll talk to you super soon.